Welcome back to another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood podcast. We are the Whitaker Brothers. I am Brother Francisco. And I'm Nate Whitaker. And we are here to talk about the transcendentals in life. So before we start, uh, Nate, if you all remember, we had our nephew on uh, the last episode uh, give a little intro with us, which was pretty great. So Nate, I was wondering if you wanted to share what's been your favorite memory with Philip or our niece Gemma? Let's see. That's a good question. Um, it's, it's been uh, hard by going to school in California. I haven't seen them as much as you have, For sure. but I've still got to make some good memories with them. So I think probably one of the best memories um, was my freshman year of college coming back for Christmas break. Uh, at Christmas, I got from you actually this super cool um, like model lightsaber, mm-hmm. yep. which it was like it's like no joke. Like it's a it's heavy and it's like it's a solid thing. It's lit. It's yeah, a, made sweet. out of glass and metal. Um, but if you press one of the buttons, it actually does light up really solidly. Um, so it's this brilliant blue color. And I remember turning it on, and like we all thought, like all of us boys were like, "Yo, that's dope." But um, but <laughs> Philip, our nephew was, like, the most captivated. He was just, like, yeah. blown away. Like, you just if he turned it on, he was just staring at it, like, in awe. Like, his, his mouth just opened. Yeah. Just, like, staring at it all day. Um, so that was, I don't know. I just remember that being really cute. Just him totally in awe in that, like, innocent uh, way, just taking it in this this kind of, just expressing his wonder. So, so obviously. that That's pretty great. Um, I, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of a tie. Uh, when, it was probably, like, a year ago, um, it was after dinner. I was visiting Tom and Joe, and Philip was needing to wind down. So I told Tom and Joe, like, "Oh, I'll take him outside and like run around with him to g- wind him down." Mm-hmm. So we went outside, and I put him on my shoulders, and he said, "Monka Sam, my horse, Monka Sam, my horse." Uh, so I would I would say, "Nay," and then I'd run around their yard, and we did it a ton of times. He had he had a great time, but I think potentially just beating that out though was only a couple weeks ago. Um, I was over at their house and Philip said, Uncle Sam, can we color? I said, sure. So we get out his crayons and his paper. He wanted to trace my hand. And then we're sitting there and he's coloring and he turns to me and he says, Uncle Sam, sing the pocket song. The pocket song? And I said, uh, I don't, he, he comes up with all these songs. Like there's, he has this garbage truck song, his fire truck song. Basically Tom just makes stuff up. Uh, with tunes so that right. Philip has songs. So I thought it was just something like that, just this random thing. Yeah. So I said, oh, Uncle Sam doesn't know the pocket song, Philip. How does it go? And he smiles. He kind of gives me his little side eye that he does. And he goes, I'm going to pop some tag. Only got $20 in my pocket. Oh, my gosh. He's already listening to Macklemore. And then he goes, da, 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 da. That is where we are some. That's so hilarious. Yeah, no, he showed. <laughs> I remember a while back. Uh, Tom was teaching him that song. Obviously, not the explicit version, yeah. but like... <laughs> he, I, I turned to Tom and I was like, why the heck does he know this? And he just shrugged. He, he does another rap. He, yeah. he, he knows what's up. He does. Um, so, yeah, that that's probably my favorite memory with Phil. Uh, and Gemma, she's she's a lot uh, quieter and a lot less uh, dramatic than Philip is. Oh, yeah. But just her silent smiles, she just smiles all of the time. Yeah, she it's does. Just, I love it. It's really easy to make her smile. She's also a, just a super content baby. She like, she'll just sit peacefully, kind of yeah. by herself, and like not be bothered for a long time. But she'll just make this continuous like grumbling sound. <laughs> like she sounds like a little dinosaur. She's like, and just like sits there. But she's not. I don't think she's upset. She just like makes that noise all the time. Yeah. It's just 
it's hilarious. It is pretty great. But um, yeah. So yeah, I guess we have uh, some pretty, pretty dope nephew and a pretty dope niece. But rolling in from from that conversation into what we want to talk about today, our topic we we picked up for today is the beauty of childhood, which I think is a really important thing uh, to acknowledge in this day and age, especially being as it is kind of under attack from many different angles. So. Um, Francisco, yeah, what are your thoughts on on this topic and wh- why do you think it's important to bring up in the podcast? Yeah, so um, when you and I were just making some early uh, quick notes, um, when we were talking about just memories of our niece and nephew, we kind of realized like, well, childhood is something that is both like understood as something like good and beautiful generally, but at the same time, uh, it's also under serious attack. Um, Definitely. Because we have definitely, I think, better like protection for for children in this day than we have for a long time, like abuse against children and all that stuff. That's I think better, but at the same time, these things are being let into schools for young children or just into society. Mm-hmm. That is itself also a level of abuse towards children, but right. it's not presented as such. Right. Um, so, for example, um, you've seen at least I have videos of a lot of parents appearing before school boards with. Uh, like books or with subject material that's been taught in a school mm-hmm. or has been at a library uh, of just extremely like inappropriate and just like aggressive mm-hmm. uh, content. So having books for children like between the ages of like three and seven right. that has like sexually explicit or subjective material or, you know, transgender ideology mm-hmm. um, or LGBTQ agendas, right. um, th- presenting these to little kids as that mm-hmm. they need to know these things. Right. I'm not saying that education in sexuality is not important. That's definitely, we all need that. Mm-hmm. But when we're of age, a, a little child who's still learning to read at all does not need to know those things. Particularly when those things that are being presented are being presented with a particular agenda. Yeah, exactly. And they're not even true. Like, yeah. it's, it's bad enough to kind of over-sexualize a child's upbringing yeah. uh, at all. Like, in general, it's, it seems in some way inappropriate to take a child who's three or four and already give them the talk or start, yeah, like, sure. presenting sex to them in some some explicit way. But then all the more so when it's, like, a a kind of distorted form of sexuality. It's, it's really messing up their brains, I yeah. think, and it's a form of psychological abuse. And you even see that with now it's becoming a more and more popular thing at libraries to have what they call drag story hour. Yeah, I know. That's where you have a drag queen coming in and uh, and reading these books to children who are, yeah, they're all children like under the age of probably like nine or eight. They're, they're all like these little children. And you have a drag queen for, for no particular reason coming in to read these stories. And, and and people say, oh, it's not it's not affecting the kids or it's not trying to rid them of their innocence. But it's... <laughs> Especially with them in some way. It's definitely yeah. an attack on something that it seems to be sacred. It's, well, they, it messes up with their understanding of what's normal and what's natural. Right. Um, and I, I was watching a video about, you know, it was like this family carnival uh, somewhere, I think it was in New York, but the center stage was this drag queen doing like teaching, literally they had the little kids come up front mm-hmm. and he was teaching them to twerk. Oh my and so they was like, you have these like six seven-year-old kids that are all, like, twerking. That's so that's hideous, actually. So um, because of that, um, I think it's really important that we recapture the need for maintaining and protecting childhood innocence and childhood, childhood itself mm-hmm. um, because 
it's going to be more and more difficult to uh, keep kids away from honestly i would say satanic attacks on childhood oh, yeah um but at the very least just psychologically abusive attacks yeah, on yeah childhood. absolutely right and then that combined with what jesus says when you know uh there's the story where jesus is teaching and healing and these parents want to bring their children to jesus to have them bless them uh, and the apostles try to keep them away and jesus says no let the little children come to me for unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. So combined with the need to protect childhood in children, I think we also need to have uh, a disposition to protect childlikeness in ourselves right. and to reclaim it in ourselves um, because the more we lose innocence, the harder it is for us to go to God as the father. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not like a child, we can't go to him as a father. Right. So I think... Talking about childhood, I think it'd be good to talk about both how can we protect it in children and what what are we protecting and what exactly is childlikeness for mm-hmm. us as adults and what right. does it look like reclaiming that. Mm-hmm. I like that you, you drew out both those points because it's, it's not just that it's, okay, well, for these little kids or these people between the ages of like, you know, uh, infancy and being 11 or 12, we want to protect this sacred time like that's true too yeah for sure but it's not it's actually a necessity that we kind of rediscover within ourselves the 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 good qualities of childhood and nourish them and and not kind of push them aside in the way that we tend to when we're growing up and we we really got to discover them as jesus says as a matter of necessity yeah if we want to if we want to experience the happiness of heaven so i i think it's important then to identify what are the qualities proper to childhood like what what are these good things these sacred things that we identify as the characteristics of childhood and what are those um looking like as as something that we can regain within ourselves as adults yeah um and i think the first of those that it seems to me most apparent is um childhood innocence Mm -hmm. just this uh sort of i guess it's hard to describe innocence because it's often mistaken for naivety yeah, where true. where you, you think okay, children are innocent, and that just means they don't know what's going on, but it's it's something more than that. It's kind of a a lack of personal experience with evil mm. in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And it's for example, children. Yeah, they they don't they're innocent of uh, this or that crime or this or that bad habit um, because they just they haven't experienced it yet in their lives, and it hasn't touched their lives with that kind of soiling stain that that evil does. Mm-hmm. But that's not just something that we should acknowledge as good in children, but it's something we need to reclaim ourselves. Even if our lives have already been affected negatively um, through sins or bad habits or bad relationships or, or just toxic relationships, I think it's really possible and necessary that we try to recapture uh, childlike innocence within ourselves where we say, okay, you know what? Maybe I have all these bad habits, but I'm going to try to free myself of those and try to get beyond those and, and not just change um my activities, but almost change my, my, uh, frame of mind where I'm no longer in the mentality of, um, this sort of distorted life that maybe has come about through toxicity and whatnot. But because it's not just about doing the right things when we're trying to recapture that innocence, mm-hmm. but really going beyond that. So it's like, we're kind of clearing out the history in our mind yeah, that's yeah. built up in a negative way. So we're really returning to an almost 
uh, absence of evil as if we haven't been touched anymore. And I think that's something we can do. And it's something especially we need to protect in children, that, that really innocent, almost lack of experience of evil. Yeah, I, I think too, innocence, um, when you have innocence, you, you accept things as they are. Um, and you're not wary of po- part potential ulterior motives mm-hmm. or side effects of something. Right. So for instance, um, when you're a little kid and someone, you know, gives you a dollar, you're just like, oh, thank you, you know, take that. Right. But when you get older, if someone just like comes and gives you money, yeah, you can accept it as generous, but you also have this reaction of like, well, wh- why, why are they doing that? Mm-hmm. Or maybe like, oh, I need to pay them back or I'm not worthy of that. Um, just because of our experience with things mm-hmm. affects the way we perceive and receive things. Yeah. Whereas when children are innocent, they perceive and receive things from one frame of mind, um, which I think also lends itself uh, to them just being more trustworthy, which is something, another trait and facet of childhood that I think is really important that we need to protect is, is trust. That Children are very Definitely. trustworthy. So, um not just trustworthy, but trusting. And so that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Uh, trusting. Um, they're very willing to find people trustworthy mm-hmm. because they're innocent. They don't necessarily always perceive the danger in something because they mm-hmm. haven't experienced the evil of it. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to trust things. Um, sure, they can be shy and they want to like run to their parents, but that's because they found compl- them completely trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think for us, uh, it's very difficult to always trust other people i certainly have trust issues um especially when it comes to other people's arterial motives about things mm-hmm. they're like it's really hard for me to trust that other people want to just be my friend just to be my friend and not right. to be my friend because there's something i can get do for them whether right. it's help them academically or they want me to be some kind of personal therapist right um, but rather that they really just want to be my friend. I definitely have difficulty trusting people with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so becoming more childlike is, at least for me personally, would to be really to grow in more trust in other people, that they truly do desire what is good for me. And that's how we need to be in our relationship with God, too, that he's not that smiting, over, you know, powerful judge who's just over-condemning, who's just, like, watching and waiting for us to mm-hmm. slip up and then wham. Um but like a child who knows that if they go to their mother or their father, that they're going to receive something good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what childhood, at least for me, I need to regain. Yeah. And as far as protecting children themselves in that, if we start to give them things or show them things that it's just not appropriate for them or it's not mm-hmm. healthy for them, uh, they might think they might enjoy it at first. They might think it's good at first, but it's going to affect them psychologically Absolutely. Uh, and they might not even consciously be aware of the connection mm-hmm. but I think subconsciously we're growing in them a wariness of other people because they're when they when we become when we receive psychological damage we're going to respond subconsciously mm-hmm. so that if you were abused or if I was abused or someone's abused they might not necessarily uh, connect their distrust of other people to their abuser mm-hmm. but they just have a distrust of people so we really have to protect children from these different forms of abuse uh to guard their willingness to be trusting of other people Mm -hmm. and again trust like innocence isn't just a matter of being naive and uh thinking oh you know every everything's all good and everybody's on my side but it's rather this 
simply openness towards the world around you and this healthy um, ability to have a relationship with other people and not immediately be suspicious of everyone. And I think you're right that you see that with abuse victims that they, they aren't able to have that because they've just experienced too much trauma and they assume that people are trying to hurt them because that's what they've experienced. Yeah. And so when these these attacks on childhood in some way psychologically abuse children, which I believe it does, yeah. they're, like you said, even just subconsciously, they're going to be distrustful and not be able to form healthy relationships the way they should. And speaking to the transcendentals, I think when we're not trusting of other people, and certainly when we're not trusting of God, we can't mm-hmm. receive what is good. Mm-hmm. Um, because God desires for us what is good, which is our ultimate happiness. Yeah. And other people do desire our good. Um, certainly our friends and our, and our family, you right. know, if they're, you know, if we have healthy relationships with them, mm-hmm. um, that they're desiring with, uh, for us what is good. But if we're not trusting of them, we can't receive that good. Right. And if we're not able to experience, receive a transcendental, uh, then our being itself is going to starve. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I think another, uh, now we've mentioned, I guess, innocence and trust and yeah. why those are both essential for healthy childhood. Um, but I think another important one is that we need to point out is wonder. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, when I was describing one of my favorite memories of Phil, yeah, just yeah. the lightsaber, that's just a perfect example where children, when they encounter something that's uh, remarkable or, or, or beautiful, they're just in awe, you know, yeah, and yeah. they're totally, they're all there. They're, they're not thinking about other things. They're not worrying, oh, should I grab a picture of this? They're just hmm. pre- present. <laughs> That's so true. And they just, they take it in. They're, they're, they're just, they receive. And they receive things on their own terms. Um, so, you know, you, you take a child to a national park, they're just in awe. And they, they are not thinking about other things. They're just, they have this wonder and this um, really, this, this ability to be in touch with beauty in a way that often we adults uh, aren't able to because there, there's some aspect of wonder that we tend to lose yeah. when we grow up. Yeah. We start thinking about other things. Um, we, you know, maybe we, we visit some beautiful place where we experience something beautiful, but even while we're experiencing it, we're thinking about the next day or we're thinking about some stress or anxiety in the or back of our mind. Or how this picture that, or that this scene we're looking at would make a really nice Instagram post, how we can get the best angle exactly. instead I of mean, just looking at it. I remember when we were in Rome, actually, now that you mentioned that, uh, we were in the Vatican and... Uh, the Pope came out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I totally get it. You want to get awesome pictures of, of the Pope and of the beautiful Vatican. That That's totally fair. But these people were like, they were looking just through their phones about almost more yeah, than looking with exactly. their own eyes. Um, they were looking through their screens at the thing that the image they're trying to capture. And these people were like, they're holding up, uh, like one lady, she was holding up a rosary in front of her phone to get like this nice angle shot, yeah, exactly. like a great, like a great, uh, perspective picture and i'm like man just just experience it put your phone down yeah and just experience the beauty of this place and children they, they do that perfectly they have the wonder of being in the present moment and not thinking about okay how can i get something out of this mm-hmm. but simply taking beauty on its own terms and and i really um i think the the core of that is their present and yeah, we yeah. are we, our bodies can be present at places without our minds being present yeah, often exactly. when we grow up. But children, they're they're present in the wonder and beauty of a situation wholly, both body and mind, where they're they're not distracted, they're not thinking about other things, they're just they're there. Yeah, and I don't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, in the Screw Tape Letters, which is one of my favorite books by mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis, oh, the best. Um, which real quick, it's basically uh, we all believe, you know, that we have a guardian angel who looks out for us and protects us. Well, C.S. Lewis writes as if uh, imagine that we all had like our 
like assigned tempter, mm-hmm. like the, the demon on our other shoulder who's trying to get us to do evil things. Right. So the Scrupidate Letters is about this one like high-ranking demon writing to his nephew who's like a new tempter. And he tells his nephew, uh, who's trying to tempt this guy, you know, obviously to, to, to choose sin and then end up in hell, that the best thing to do is to keep people out of the present moment because mm-hmm. that's where eternity touches reality, wow. beauty, basically. Yeah. And he said it's really good to keep them... Uh, it's okay to keep them in the past because, especially if you keep them stuck in the past on their past mistakes and their right. sh- shame. But he said the best thing to do is to keep them worried about the future mm-hmm. because it's the least like reality. Right. Uh, because nothing has happened. It's, un- it's unpredictable for us. We don't know it. So if we keep our minds stuck up there, uh, it's really hard to see what God's going to do. And it's really easy to be afraid and worried. Right. So children, like you're saying, being in the present moment are able to appreciate beauty because they're seeing it now. Mm-hmm. Eternity uh, or, you know, God touching us is in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he worked in the past, but we need to look at how he's working in our life right now. Right. And that is really, like you said, what, what it means to reclaim wonder for us. Right. Because... Um, and as far as, sorry, just one second, as, as far as like us losing wonder, um, we have horrible attention spans. Mm-hmm. I, they studies show that we have a shorter attention span than goldfish anymore. Yeah. Um, it's because we have, like, we don't, we can't live in the present moment because we need to live in other people's moments. So we go on Instagram and Facebook to see, and TikTok to see what other people are doing mm-hmm. instead of putting everything down and just see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And we also have no imagination anymore. The right. reason children have great imaginations is because they see and receive beauty mm-hmm. uh, and then they kind of create something new with that. Right. Whereas we're really bad at creating anything new. Um we just kind of like tweak little things or we just repeat what the next influencer does instead mm-hmm. of trying to create something of our own. So, so without beauty, uh, experiencing beauty through wonder, we also have completely destroyed any sense of imagination. Right. Um, so that for kids to read books and to kind of imagine what they, you know, what the world is uh, or to just literally go outside in the woods with sticks. It's just, mm-hmm. I feel like not really done anymore. No, um, totally true. And we as adults certainly have like, no sense of wonder. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I've seen that before. I, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. You've got to slow down. Right. You have to slow down and appreciate the beauty around you. And really, I think what's sad about the fact that we so easily let go of wonder when we grow up is that really wonder is an ability to appreciate beauty that's real and something the, the present moment in a real way and something real and tangible. Um, whereas when we're focusing on the future, something we want to do, okay, yeah, sure, maybe we're looking at something pretty and beautiful right now, but we're going to think about um, when we're focusing by anxieties or anticipation on something in the future, that's something not even real, right? The mm-hmm. future isn't real. There's, it's the least, like you said, like reality. Um, or when we're, we're bogged down with something in the past, we're not present, and the past is not real either. Yeah. And And so children have wonder because they're able to connect with what's real mm, in a yeah. in a whole body and soul kind of way and that that's where you're able to be touched like you said by eternity and by the transcendentals of beauty and goodness i also you know when we are been speaking about wonder we kind of been talking about like things we see um, but i think it's also people that we experience mm-hmm. like to be in wonder and awe with like what it means to have a relationship with you or like who you are as a person mm-hmm. so um, if I'm talking with you, you know, just sitting on the couch talking to you or talking to a friend of mine or one of the monks, um, like I, we don't have a sense of wonder anymore in like 
exploring what it, this other human person is. Yeah. Um, it's like, whoa, it's amazing, Nate, that you think that way or mm-hmm. that uh, you've had that experience or X, Y, and Z. Instead, it's, I certainly think about a lot, like, what's my next thing I'm going to say to what this person is saying mm-hmm. instead of just receiving them who they are. Right. Um, or trying to create experiences mm-hmm. with someone instead of just being with them. Mm-hmm. I think like several episodes ago when uh, for our Thanksgiving episode last semester, we talked. you talked about experiencing something for the first time as a way mm-hmm. to grow in gratitude. I think that's wonder mm-hmm. is go, every time we experience something or meet someone, talk to someone, even if we're very close to them, mm-hmm. treating it as if it's the first time. Right. Don't take it for granted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like... Can you imagine, like, the number of times Philip or Gemma have seen, like, the exact same thing, mm-hmm. um, but yet they still are like, oh, wow, look mm-hmm. at that, or, mm-hmm. uh, like, the number of times they want us to reread a book to them over and over and over mm-hmm. again, it's because they love it, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, it's as if we're reading it to them for the first time. Right, and that wonder is something we can rediscover within yeah, ourselves. It doesn't sure. just have to be something we admire in children. We can reignite that sense of wonder when we're in, having these conversations with people where we think, you know what? Instead of taking it for granted that we're just having a conversation with this person, I should think about actually caring about what they have to say. And yeah. I don't know the next thing that's going to come out of their mouth. There's actually mm-hmm. there's surprise in life and there's expectancy when you live in the present moment rather than just thinking about other things or being distracted by the past. You, if you live in the present moment, you will start discovering wonder. When you step outside and it's a beautiful day rather than thinking, oh, I need to get to work right now, take a, just a moment and be like, wow, it's a beautiful day. Like, yeah. And experience that wonder because that is the childlike quality that we need to regain. And again, as a matter of necessity, because like Jesus says, unless you become a, like a little child, you won't enter mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven because in heaven, we're going to be in a state of perfect wonder yeah, where yeah. we're not focused about the, on the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not worried about any future. We're just in the eternal now yeah. and we're embracing the wonder of heaven in a present tangible way. Yeah. And I, I like that because I was thinking uh, one of my like favorite praise and worship songs is just called Wonder. Uh, And it goes uh, wide eyed and mystified. Let me be just like a child staring at the beauty of my king. Uh, May I never lose my wonder. And that's, I think, how we also can reform our relationship with God in a childlike way is that looking at everything that God does in our day with wonder, not expecting that he's going to do X or Mm -hmm. saying like, God, you should do it this way, but whatever he does or however we encounter him to be in absolute wonder with him about it. Um, Yeah. And as far as just real quick, a word of like protecting wonder, instead of sticking a phone or an iPad in front of a kid's face, uh, just like let them, just let them explore, let them see things. Um, And you know, uh, like sports are really good and, you know, getting kids out playing sports is awesome. But I think sometimes just like letting them go play in the yard and use their imaginations mm-hmm. instead of always like, okay, you got to practice this. You got to do this mm-hmm. might also be a way to keep them right. fresh in, in wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you nailed it there. And I, this, these three qualities that we brought up, wonder, innocence, trust, they are things altogether that we need to protect in children. And again, but we, we really need to rediscover them in ourselves and really, as as people often say, um, kind of rediscover your inner child. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we want to have a good, happy life, we need to get in touch with trust. We need to get in touch with the wonder of nature and of one another. We need to um, rediscover that innocence and, and kind of rise out of the muck of, of daily life that so often bogs us down. So yeah, I, I guess this would be a challenge to you. Uh, any any listeners out there 
to this week, maybe just just think about the ways in which um, maybe you you have wonder or trust or innocence in your life, or maybe the ways in which they're lacking, mm-hmm. and think about if there's any any concrete habits you think you could develop to um, kind of re rediscover that inner child. And uh, I think for all of us, yeah, you and me, yeah, we both need sure. to work on that for sure. And it's just it's a constant um, kind of work in progress mm-hmm. it's nothing not, not the sort of thing you can do overnight but it's i think it's really important that we get back in touch with that um, yeah i think a really good way of doing that is praying for the holy spirit to teach us how to be little children again mm-hmm. uh, he's a really he's really powerful in uh giving us the grace and the ability to approach uh god as father again so yeah pray for the to the holy spirit asking him to show you what it means to be a little child again both in life and before god Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Um, And thank you guys for listening again. Uh, This has been another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood. And hopefully you'll tune into the next one. So for now, uh, hasta la vista. And God bless.